Bowl's Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, did you know that Devontae Adams was second in the NFL in targets last year? And he only played 15 games? And the Packers were third in the NFL in pass attempts. Is that going to come down? Are the targets going to come down? Or should we be a little worried about Devontae Adams if we take him like seventh, eighth overall? We're going to put him under a microscope today. I feel like I can convince myself to be worried about any player. So that's always fun. And we welcome you to Fantasy Football today on Tuesday, July 9th. We did a PPR draft yesterday, and we will talk more about it on Thursday's show. But I do have one takeaway to begin today's show on that draft. But hello, to Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What up? Hi. Hey. Yo. Okay, good. Short and sweet. You know what I noticed about yesterday's draft? That your team is terrible? That wow. not, not according to Jamie. Jamie loves my team. I don't even know who's on your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that nobody wants, nobody wants the Bills running backs. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, I, I that think... is that is absolutely true. We were actually um, like when Jamie picked LaShawn McCoy, I think Ben thanked him. I had already typed out a message that said something not nice to all of you for making me take him because I was two picks away and thought I was going to have to take LaShawn McCoy. Uh, yeah, nobody wants the Bills running backs. They have 17 of them. They're going to be in the bottom third of the league in terms of total offense, I anticipate. And I think they're going to chop up the carries. Yuck. Yeah, well, they were bottom third of the league in total offense in 2017. And LaShawn, that being said, though, Sean McCoy was the number seven <laughs> running back in fantasy, I, but he did get 287 carries. I agree with everything Heath said. In round 10, it's hard to pass up oh, on it's a good pick. The, the starter, who at least right now is LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I was two picks away. Right. Ben was four picks away. We right. were both getting ready to take him. Can, can we take it a step further? Nobody wants anything to do with the Bills. I, I mean, yeah, that's true. But... I, I think, okay, LaShawn McCoy going 112th overall to Jamie was good value. But then you look at Devin Singletary, I, I think maybe bench size would influence how much I want Devin Singletary because I, I do feel like you're going to have to be patient. But look, Devin Singletary was a third-round pick. He was the fifth running back off the board, I believe. He was drafted 74th overall in the NFL draft. That's four picks behind Daryl Henderson. That's one pick behind David Montgomery. And those guys go way ahead of, like, based on yesterday's draft and the other drafts we've been doing, way ahead of Singletary, who went uh, 130th overall to Chris Towers. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really care about TJ Yeldon. And Frank Gore is a headache, if anything, but he's, he's not good enough to, like, be fantasy relevant. But why can't Singletary in the second half of the season get that job? For me, at least, I just did, I didn't love him before the draft, and I don't think he has a path to a feature role. Like even I, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, like, let's just say there's 20 carries for the Bills on a, on a given week. However, it gets uh, broken down. Does that include Josh Allen or not? No, no, just the running backs. Let's just say they average 20 carries a week. Perfect world. Where do those 20 carries go? Isn't that kind of low? Or no? I'm just I'm 30 for whatever you want to do 30 carries well, 25 carries. I, I, have, I was trying I've to get here, a round number. I've got here how many they had last year, so that might be a good. Uh, Indicator to start, but yeah, it's. I think it's probably a little. They had. Uh, I would put Lashawn McCoy at fifty percent of whatever number. You I think they'll have twenty-five out. per game. Right. Okay. So put Shady at a dozen. Okay. So he gets hurt. What happens? 
everybody else is healthy. I think who, that who gets those twelve? It depends on. I think it's Gore. That's doing. the problem. That, that, that's, I think Gore that's why gets single, most of them. Singletary worries me in a redraft league. If it was Gore, I would probably put Gore at fourteen, Singletary at nine, and Yeldon at five, or whatever. I don't know if Yeldon would even get two carries, but he might get six catches in a given game. Right, but but I guess the thought, the hope would be that if McCoy gets hurt, or even if McCoy just struggles. He averaged 3.2, or no, uh, the Buffalo averaged 3.2 yards. This offensive line is dramatically better than what it was a year ago. Uh, Yeah, but he's, you know, he's getting up there in age, um, obviously. So, like, why can't Singletary, like, especially if McCoy gets hurt, Singletary would be better than Frank Gore. He would be better than TJ Yeldon. So, it's just weird that he goes so... I have no reason to believe that he's better than I mean, Gore, what, averaged four and a half yards of carry last year? He, I feel very confident that he'd be better than Frank Gore. Yeldon's been a pretty good running back when he's touched the football. I mean, Adam, in theory, you're right. The younger, more explosive players should be the better of the, of, the, of that trio. You would think so. You would hope so. He, they, they, look, he was drafted, like I said, one pick after David Montgomery. If David right, Montgomery, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a 2019 urgency pick. I, I understand, but but you know, we love David Montgomery not just because of where he landed, but we liked him going into the draft. And it's not like he's got nobody to compete with in Chicago. So it's just it's just that Singletary goes so much later. Than yeah, I think the difference is I didn't like Singletary going into the draft. And yeah. Bill's offense is a lot worse than the Bears. It, it, it's also path to touches now. Like, you can make a case that oh, I know, Devin I Singletary know. in a dynasty league is better than David Montgomery. Yeah, I don't think mm, he is, but you can make a case for it. You could. Next, you could make next a case. Could Obviously, in a dynasty league, he's going to go higher. Uh, among the rookies than where he does in a redraft league. I mean, it w- would it be shocking? Take Montgomery out of the question. Would it be shocking if in 2020, Devin Singletary is a better redraft running back than Miles Sanders? Oh, no, no not, not at, all. at all. Not at all. No. Not shocking. I, mildly surprising. All right, we're, wrapping up. we're going to wrap on this. Josh Allen led the team in rushing each of the last six weeks of last season. <laughs> that I thought was kind of funny. Today's sponsor is SeatGeek. Promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek's awesome. I use it basically every time. I've been looking for tickets for the Miami-Florida game. Uh, 10 bucks isn't going to help much there because the cheapest seat is like $290. So I'm not going to the Miami-UF game. But, uh, yeah, anytime I need tickets, I'm looking on SeatGeek and using the promo code FFT. Today we are putting Devontae Adams under a microscope. And before the show, oh, we're also doing fill-in-the-blank thanks to you listeners. Uh, we have some very good fill-in-the-blanks, including one about a pedicure. But I asked uh, on our Facebook group, please join the Fantasy Football Today Facebook group. All you have to do is search for Fantasy Football Today on Facebook and then try to join. And you might take, uh, I don't know, up to a day. But I will approve you and get you in there. And then you can post topics. I don't approve that many of those because most of them are keeper questions. And I'll start a separate keeper thread within there. But anyway, it's a fun group. Um, Check it out, Fantasy Football Today. But I asked people what if they had any kind of holdups with Devontae Adams. And the most common answer I saw was the concussion history. He stayed healthy last year, so it wasn't a big deal, but he does have concussion history. Do you guys have any holdups with with Devontae Adams? Is there anything that concerns you? No, he's my number one receiver regardless of format, so I'm I'm taking him as the first receiver off the board. Easily one of the safest receivers in fantasy, well worth a first-round pick. I do see a scenario where his targets come down from last year, but I still believe over a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns, 
all the good things that come with being Aaron Rodgers' number one target. I don't have concerns with Devontae Adams as a top 10 wide receiver. I think he's one of the most likely receivers to finish in the top seven or eight. I do have concerns with him as a top three or four guy because a couple of things. One, he is going to need the touchdowns, obviously, and he's gotten in the last three years. It's still been a, a ridiculous rate of touchdowns each of those years. And the last year was the first year he got that many targets. There have been 87 wide receivers over the last five years that have had at least 1,000 yards. In fact, not just receivers, tight ends too. His 8.2 yards per target last year was the 81st amongst those 87 wide receivers. It was also the highest yards per target he's ever posted. Hmm, Interesting. I would not expect him like I think his targets come down a little bit. I think that's going to hurt him a little bit in the yardage department. I have him projected for the most or tied for the most touchdowns amongst all receivers, but only for 11. So that comes down just a little bit from 13. Uh, I, I have a little concern about him being in the top five, but not being in the top 10. Last year, first year without Jordy. So can explain some of the pop in his numbers, I guess. Right. Um, that explains the targets, if anything. Yeah. Well, I, I think you just look at Rogers' track record with his number one guy is so overwhelming that it's it, if he gets hurt and it's Allison that steps into that role or Valdez Scaling that steps into that role, I think that guy has the opportunity to be a star as well. So while Adams is great at what he does, and, and, and I think clearly he's proven that, um, it's as much about Rogers as it is anything else. Sure. And the, yeah. the other thing I didn't mention is, I mean, they do have a new head coach and a new scheme. And I just worry a little bit that what that does to the targets. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, does it? how does it affect Aaron Rodgers? Does he still scramble as much? I mean, there's already some talk about that. He's, he's got to be himself. Uh, but talking about that track record that Jamie just mentioned. So, I okay, like, yes, I'm going to doctor the numbers just a little bit in one of these last five seasons. But... Jordy Nelson played nine games with Aaron Rodgers in 2013. That was the sort of the beginning of Aaron Rodgers' number one target being basically the best wide receiver in fantasy. If you take those nine games and you make it a 16-game pace, he would have been the number one wide receiver in fantasy. So if you, if you are willing to do that, then you look at the last four years of a healthy Aaron Rodgers and, and a healthy, and not including the year that Jordy Nelson got hurt, you're talking about the number one wide receiver on the Packers has finished... In non-PPR, number one, number two, number one, and number four. And in PPR, number one, number three, number two, and number two. So it is it is ridiculous. Also, and Adams it, would have been one last year if he played. Yep. He, he was number one, at least in PPR, going into week 16. Week, uh, he was 17. number one in points per game. Yep. He was terrific. He finished fourth in non-PPR and second in PPR. And also the red zone. Green, Green Bay wide receivers, at least one... Green Bay wide receiver has been in the top four in red zone targets in four of the last five seasons. So it's just uh, it's just a great opportunity. Aaron Rodgers is a little injury prone. There is a new system. There are some some drawbacks here, but it's exciting stuff. Um, I just yeah, I guess I guess the targets could be one thing that stands out. The concussion history, obviously. Uh, th- there's one thing that somebody said on on our Facebook group that I don't really agree with, and it's the weapons around Devontae Adams that they're, you know, sort of like extra special. I don't really think they are, you know, these young receivers. They're, they're good. They have the potential to be good. But I mean, at the same time, Jordy put up numbers with Cobb, who was at the time still a very 
good receiver. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like the fit of Allison in the slot. And I think that that could, I think there's 100 targets there. I don't think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be a huge target hog. And I don't think either of those guys are going to take big-time end zone targets away from Devontae Adams. I think he's got that. I think he's got the full confidence of Aaron Rodgers, and that's just going to play out every week. And that just it brings me to one final point, and this is just one that I think you should hammer home on Devontae Adams. He was number one in terms of consistency. Uh, if you're talking about 10 points in non-PPR, 14 points in non-PPR, or 16 points in full PPR. He, he had at least 16 PPR points every game last year. He had more back-to-back double-digit fantasy point games in non-PPR than any receiver in football. He's he's just he's incredibly safe. Yeah. He's he's exactly the receiver you turn to when you don't like the running backs that are left. And if you're not sold on DeAndre Hopkins having another huge year or Julio Jones not having a huge year, you go right to Devontae Adams. Okay, two more concerns that people had. One, the cornerbacks he faces in the NFC North. Chicago, Minnesota, and Detroit. He basically tore all of them up last year. Although the the yards were a little low against Minnesota. 64 yards and and 69 yards, but he caught a touchdown in both games uh, on a combined 20 targets. He tore up the Bears, and he played one game against the Lions. He had nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The other thing, I guess, kind of goes back to the weapons. How did he do with Geronimo Allison? I don't know if this concerns anybody, but in weeks one through four with Geronimo Allison, like the production was really good, but the yards were pretty low. He was on like a 1,200-yard pace or something like that, maybe even less. 88 yards, 64 yards, 52 yards, and 81 yards in those four games against four pretty damn good opponents against wide receivers, uh, the Bears, the Vikings, the Redskins, and the Bills. Does that stand, Does that mean anything to you guys that his yardage wasn't very good with Geronimo Allison in the first four games of the season? His target share wasn't quite as good. Um, I had looked at that. It wasn't too low. I think it was 25, 26% as opposed to 27, 28% right. that it was most of the rest <laughs> of the year. But that's still, like, that That could make the difference if they're throwing the ball 550 times. Might be another 15 targets that he, he loses this year. His targets in those games were 43 eight, 12, targets over four games. 8, 12, 9, and 14. Yeah, Rodgers just happened to throw a lot in those four games. So the targets themselves, I mean, he averaged more targets in those four games than he did per, for the whole season. So I think um, one thing that, that could be an interesting thing with the Packers passing game is the defense is going to be a lot better. They were a disaster true. last year. Right, which That's could be so if you were targets. If they're not chasing points as much and Rodgers' pass attempts aren't up. That's one thing that could maybe hurt Adams a little bit, but I just look at what his yeah. numbers have been and what Rogers' track record with his number one guy has been, and it's easy for me to take him over the field. I don't know. They, they shut out Buffalo at home last year, and Adams had 14 targets in that game. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's Devontae Adams, and we have successfully put him under a microscope. So we got only one news item. Detroit safety uh, Glover Quinn is retiring. Okay. And that means that we get to talk about Dave's Scott Fishbowl team because Dave told me he really likes his his team in the Scott Fishbowl, which is 12 teams, tiered scoring where tight ends have more value. They get point and a half per catch. There's some bonus scoring in there as well. But, Dave, what do you like so point, much about point, your team? Point, point per catch. What is it? Everybody else everybody else ah. gets a half a point per catch. Okay. They get tight ends get a full point per catch and point per first down. Maybe I should just join the Scott Fishbowl and I'd know this. I don't think you're invited anymore. <laughs> I guarantee you're out of the bowl. 100% guarantee I can get invited. Scott, Scott uh, and I are, boy, are boys. 
the the only draft strategy I've really employed here is taking value when I'm up. And round one, Melvin Gordon. Round two, James Conner fell to me in the middle of round two. I took him. Round three, um, Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck just went right in front of me. And I thought I could spur a quarterback run if I took Aaron Rodgers. So I did, and it worked. A lot of quarterbacks went in round three and four. It pushed uh, Mari Cooper back to me in round four. And uh, in round five, I took Jameis. He was the last top 12 quarterback I had. Super flex. That was available. It is a super flex. And then in round six, Brandon Cooks was still there. And based on – Roto Grinders has a – has a what do you call that? A chart of of who goes where in uh-huh. the fishbowl. He had not gone in the sixth round in any of the drafts, so I felt like that was a really good nice. steal. I think you were one of the first people to draft Jameis and one of, and the last person to draft Cooks. Hmm. Yeah, I'm among the last on Amari Cooper. What are you going to yeah. do on tight end though? Um, have a bad one. I'm gonna not have a great one. I'm hoping that one of Eric Ebron or Jared Cook make it back to me in round seven. You took Ertz, right? I took Ertz with the ninth pick overall. Yeah, I, I wanted to know. I've only been allowed took. to make three picks because my draft is super, super slow. Um, but I have Ertz, James Conner, and Keenan Allen through three rounds. Nice. Cool. So how did James Conner fall to the second round of both these drafts? Because the tight ends and quarterbacks? Well, that yep. doesn't sound like quarterbacks in Dave's draft. Uh, yeah, Mahomes went fifth overall in my draft. Watson went before I picked at ninth as well. Um, but then the quarterbacks slowed down, but Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle all went before James Conner. Yeah, yeah. Conner went right before me too in the second round. He's and, not as popular throughout the industry as he is with with uh, us, I don't think. Um, well, yeah, I was in my draft. I was a little surprised. Gurley went ahead of him. That was about the only mm. only glaring. Mine too. I think um, Le'Veon went ahead of him in a yep. lot of drafts. And yep. But I think they're going to see that. That's probably going to be his average, average draft position is going to suggest Bell ahead of yep. Connor. I mean, look, all the talk out of Pittsburgh about them sharing carries is probably scaring some people. Um, but you don't buy that. Uh, I don't buy it that I would force uh, that it would force me to drop him to the second round. But I think it's going to be more so than we've seen in Pittsburgh's. Tenure under his av- his average ADP on this has him 16th overall. Um, behind Bell, behind Melvin and David Johnson, also behind Joe Mixon. Hmm. Yeah, not surprising. We're going to take a break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, fill in the blank and some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We will be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Dave is at Dave Richard, singular. Jamie is J-A-M-E-Y Eisenberg, at Jamie Eisenberg. And Heath has the hardest one for me to say. It's just like, 
I have to explain it. At Heath Cummings Senior, at Heath Cummings SR, I always have to say. Just spell out senior. It'd be easier for me, Heath. Uh, you can't do that because I don't have enough characters. Oh, really? Twitter has a character limit? All right, at Heath Cummings Senior on Twitter. So here we go. Fill in the blank. This one's from Al. Jameis Winston will finish as a top blank quarterback. Love him with Bruce Arians. Well, we already know Dave has him as a top 12. Jameis Winston, top blank quarterback. Seven. Heath? I'm sorry? Jameis Winston? <laughs> eight. Seven, eight, and 12. What, if anything, worries you about Jameis Winston? Turnovers being so bad that they turn to Blaine Gabbert. Offensive line isn't as good as I think it should be. I think it's pretty good. Mm, I don't think it's that good. In this, in the Scott Fishbowl format, the only thing that worries me is the negative four for interceptions. In yeah. this format, he's not good. He's not. I don't think he'll be as good. Right. Um, but it, turnovers are the main thing, like inconsistency. So I'm looking at Fantasy Football Calculator ADP, and he's QB 13. And the guy who goes right in front of him is probably someone I'm looking to get in a lot of my leagues, and that's Jared Goff. So do a quick Jared Goff versus Jameis Winston debate. Well, Goff has some offensive line issues, uh, you know, losing two key guys from a year ago. Um, I think you look at, uh, you know, upside. Like, I think Goff's kind of hit his ceiling. I don't think we've seen Jameis' ceiling yet. Yeah, but Goff's but better. Goff, Goff is safer. A much higher floor with Goff, higher ceiling with Jameis. I've got them back-to-back, not just a quarterback, but overall in the draft. Both top 10 quarterbacks for me. Interesting. Both top 12 for me outside of my top 10. They're also back-to-back for me. I agree that Goff is safer. I mean, you just look at what Goff was doing before the Cooper Cup injury. He may have been the number one. He may have been the number one quarterback. He was top three. I'd have to almost guarantee. Like he was absolutely on fire. And uh, then Cup got hurt, and they they kind of scaled back on the pass attempts, and he struggled. He struggled. He really was was bad down the stretch. Um, but I yeah, if I had to give a like a sort of sneaky pick for QB one, it would be Goff because nobody really. I don't think many people are going to be on that train. A lot of people would take Winston, and I get it. But I, I think Goff is just as much upside. Why wouldn't sure. he? Sure. I, I, don't, I don't think he has the, the pass attempt upside because I expect their defense, while it could not be great, is going to be a lot better than Tampa Bay's. And I mentioned that Jameis has the chance of getting benched. I don't think he's going to have a quick hook because the Bucks just don't have anybody – even close to him talent-wise on the bench, ready to go. But Goff is definitely not getting the hook for Blake Bortles in Los Angeles. He will be in there rain or shine. Can someone tell me where Jared Goff ranked after the first 11 weeks of the season? Yep. All right, thank you. It, it'll be take me like two minutes, so do another fill-in-the-blank, and then I'll give it to you. Fill-in-the-blank from Jordan. You're fine drafting Damian Williams as soon as round blank. Three. Four. He, uh, Heath? Three to four, depending on the format. And what week did you want to know for Cooper Cup? Seven? Uh, actually, week 11. 10. Week 10. I was wrong. Uh, so week one through 10? Yeah. Jared Goff ranked third at quarterback, behind only Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Ryan. Yeah, and week 11, but, he actually was But, amazing. but, but, he had played 10 games. Mm-hmm. So he was really more like seventh. 
Really? So that, why don't you do it after week 12? So through week 12, because his bye was week 12. And then you get to include that Kansas City game right. in there. He was fifth. Okay. Uh, Jake Ash. Fill in the blank. The number of leagues I will be in this year is blank. You? I I don't know. How, for Jake or for us? I'll be in 15. Too many? <laughs> Ab- absurd? I think absurd is the right word. Well, if you don't count I, I, best balls, Heath, do you do you get to twenty leagues, twenty seasonal leagues? I probably well, not twenty redraft leagues, but counting dynasty, yes, I think I will. Jamie, you gonna give it to twenty five this year? They'll be close. I do not. I will not get past ten. So, I, I'm currently at nine. I will not be past ten. So fill in the blank for Mitchell. All right, this is a, a very long fill in the blank, but it's fun. It appears that multi-running back systems are the new football trend in the NFL, changing the fantasy football value of certain players and raising lots of questions about others. Blank will be the next football trend to affect fantasy football teams in this way. No kickers? <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. I will say it's already started with a couple of the smarter offenses, and it will be a lack of a true number one in the passing game as well. Okay, Talk, which teams? The Rams, um, the Eagles to a certain extent. Sure. Teams that just the have Bears. a lot of depth at receiver. Yeah. I, mean, I think you could even argue that the Chiefs sort of fall into that category. Because Tyreek Hill, it's not like he gets the targets of a number one. He just makes so much of them. It's mm-hmm. the Andy Reid tree. So right. could think be, about the teams right. just named. Bears, Eagles. Well, Chiefs. we didn't say Bears, uh, but yes. I did. I you did? Oh, I wasn't listening to you. We're just going to hope it's not the Sean, Sean McVay tree. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's a big tree. <laughs> Dave, did you Anything's have better a, than the Jeff Fisher stump. Did you have one, Dave? Uh, uh, no, uh, I, I got it. Yeah, no, it was a tough question. I like that. I, I think that you just see what's what has already been happening over the last few years is running backs you know, in the passing game. We, we've been talking about it. For, oh, it's Jeff Fisher day. Oh, because it's seven and nine. <laughs> it's seven <laughs> nine. <laughs> I, I awesome. totally forgot. Happy Jeff Fisher Day. I forgot to wear my fishing vest <laughs> on the sideline of the Super Bowl. Uh, tight ends. We've been talking about for a long time about tight end developing and morphing. And, and as long as Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz keep doing their thing and someone else will break out this year, more and more teams will look for that big body for for matchups over the middle, especially if that big body can run four six or better. Oh, they've been doing that for twelve years. They've been trying to find, but they've been trying to find it, but it's been it. They failed. I think they're the better athletes are starting to come out now, and that will contribute to the lack of a number one receiver. Yes, that will, but it'll help tight ends be even more fun to target on draft day. Throw in the blank from our boy Sketcherdoodle. Adam and Jamie will get pedicures together before the Raiders win blank games. I think I think One. we got to do we're doing it. Yeah, preseason. We're doing it at the flex draft. Oh, in New York, we're doing it. Yeah, uh, that means I got to find the place. I'll find it. Okay. Don't they have one like on every street in New York? No, yeah. we're gonna go someplace nice. Probably. Fill in the blank from Mark. The carry splits between Chubb and Hunt after Hunt's return will be blank percent to blank percent. Seventy-five to twenty-five. Seventy. Seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Okay. So then fill in this blank. The 
carry split between Chubb and Duke Johnson or anyone else before Kareem Hunt returns will be blank percent to blank percent. 80-20. 80-20. Yeah. All right. doesn't sound like a huge downgrade. Well, defense. Baker's not going to hand off to Duke. <laughs> That's right. From John Appleton, the wide receiver on the Rams to draft at their current ADP is blank. Can you give me their current ADP? Yeah. The last one. So let Top. me... Let me get that right now. I'll look at Fantasy Calculator and PPR. All right. Robert Woods is at 46. Brandon Cooks is 42. And Cooper Cup. Cup is 52. Whoop, there it is. I will say something uh, different. All of them. I like all of them at that ADP. I feel like every draft we do, Robert Woods goes first. Um, he's the one I worry about the most. I think he's the safest. Cup's the one I worry about the most. Yeah. That's why he's going last. I mean, look, he's coming because off Because of the injury. Tough injury. <laughs> the sure. injury, and I worry more about the touchdown-dependent guy. Brandon Cooks went before Robert Woods yesterday, so I guess I wasn't paying attention. That's uh, weird. Yeah, right? Also, I listened back to yesterday's show. I, it was the dumbest hour of my life. I made so many stupid, <laughs> embarrassing mistakes. If people were listening, they would have thought I was just some bumbling idiot who plays Papa Shot once every once a year and gets sore from it. So, Could, couldn't you say that after almost every episode that we do, though, Adam? No, yesterday was like something I was, comes up every episode. That something there was five things yesterday. There were five what stupid. Okay, I misinterpreted this the charity thing. That was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, that what else? Can't remember that now. Um, oh, I uh, looked looked at the wrong draft when we were <laughs> <laughs> we were reviewing a draft. I looked Jamie, at the you wrong took one. Melvin Gordon at five. Uh, no, I picked second. <laughs> yeah. There were two other things I don't remember, and I don't really care to bring them up. But yeah, so our, so okay, so uh, there's only one stupid thing today so far, so we're on the right track. Uh, this is from James. The most reliable Washington Redskin in fantasy will be blank. Jordan Reed. Most reliable Redskin. Yeah, Reed. Okay, good. We're moving on. From Brian at Big Kane 26. Nice handle there. The, nice. The only candy Butterfinger is better than. Oh, there we go. I call it combos of candy. That's right. Uh, the only candy that oh. Butterfinger is better than is blank. Those orange and black unmarked candies that are like generic. The orange nasty? Whatever that is. Is that what I'm talking about? I think so. Um, they don't have a name. Butterfinger is like definitely better than Peeps. No. You know what? I had Peeps. I lost the bet and I had Peeps and... They weren't as bad as I thought they were. Butterfingers are worse. As someone who's lost a bet and had to have both Butterfingers and Peeps, I can say that the, the Peeps bet was not as bad as the Butterfinger. Have you tried the new Butterfinger? No, but I just think it is so funny. When do you see a candy market itself as an improved recipe? That is conceding that Butterfinger is terrible. Conceding. Like, it is, it is inexcusable. I mean, M&M's has a new version almost But all they don't time. say new and improved. But it's not. It's just like, oh, here's a new, right. here's a new little addition. I don't, no, I think you're, I think you, I think you're going to look back on this one after you go through uh, just Google search new and improved candy bar 
and you're going to see lots of different new and improved versions. I think Snickers has had a new and improved. Like what? They have fresher peanuts or something? Less they shell in the bar? the ratio. Well, they just produce a different bar. What? I don't think Snickers has changed their recipe in... 20 yeah, years. Yeah, this is a new this is a new product. This is a new like. recipe for Butterfinger. All right, it's 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 Allegedly. admitting defeat. Like it's a bad it was a terrible candy. I haven't had is, have you guys had the new one? I haven't had it. No. Oh, let's no, try I've it. Had any, let's any try candy. it. Let's let's all try a new Butterfinger. Neil? No, thank you. Why? Ebenezer. What's the occasion? We'll do it all getting our uh, <laughs> pedicures. Yeah, you guys can have one while you get a pedicure. That's perfect. God, it's so strange. Okay, next up from David. Fill in the blank. Mike Williams will be a wide receiver blank this season. Mike Williams. Two, Two three. Three-ish. From Juno. Blank will be the late-round rookie draft steal from the 2019 draft. Bruce Anderson. Fantasy? He wasn't yeah. drafted. Yeah. Uh, it says late-round rookie draft. I thought that meant... Late round rookie draft in your dynasty league pick. Okay, if that doesn't count, then I'll pick a different one. Terry McLaurin in Washington. Was he a third rounder? He was. Yeah, I don't know what the qualifications are. It's I, the late round of a rookie draft. Okay, who are you going to take? That's going to be good for your late round of a rookie after draft. Okay, the first it. two rounds of a rookie draft. So a third or fourth or later. Got it. Okay. Um, Keyshawn Johnson for the Cardinals. That's a good one. Hmm. I interpreted it as incorrectly, of course. In the NFL draft? Yeah, no, no, I interpreted it as like a late-round pick in a redraft league that happens to be a rookie. But he clearly said late-round rookie said, draft. So. Yeah, uh, that's the case. I'll go same team, Annie Isabella. I'll stick with Bruce Anderson. And last one from Rodney. After a surprising 2019 season, blank is most likely to become a first-round draft pick in 2020. Devin Singletary. There you go. A first rounder. Uh, Bruce Le- Anderson. Leonard Fournette. Carry on Johnson. Marlon Mack. Hmm. Aaron Jones. Marlon Mack has such an easy path to being a top 10 running back. It's basically stay healthy. But I guess you could probably say that for a lot of guys. All right, good stuff. Thank you for the fill in the blanks. I thought people would react to my Marlon Mack comment. Nobody did. So we'll leave it there. This is from uh, – let's do some emails now. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Uh, this is a good time of year. Anytime, any topic you want to talk about for the next few weeks, uh, you know, send us an email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and good chance we'll be able to read it on the show. I, I'll, I'll still read some keeper questions, but I prefer questions like this. From Allen and Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop? 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 I think Winthrop. Winthrop. Hey, Sterling, Lana, Mallory, and Cyril? Is it supposed to be Sybil? Shepherds. Right. Oh, if it's oh. Sybil, then it's Shepherds. Do you know who Sybil Shepherd is, Adam? Yes, I know who Sybil Shepherd is, but I don't it's know who Sybil Shepherd is. Weird, because the, the R and the B are not close to each other on the keypad. Is it autocorrect? Could be. But am I supposed to know who Lana Shepherd and Mallory Shepherd are? I mean, everybody knows. Who they are. <laughs> this is not. This is not shepherds. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you can't just say that. I'm looking at. Oh, up. these are shepherds. It's just not the case. This is. But that's a famous sheep herder. This is Archer. And it's from. This is Archer. Archer. It's from Archer. That you not guys. Shepherds. Terrible. All right. <laughs> 
I'm buying heavily into the zero RB draft strategy in my 10-team league this year, especially if I'm picking after the five spot. Hypothetically, hypothetically, if I took three premium wide receivers, <laughs> these are shepherds. Give me a break. If I took three <laughs> premium wide receivers and a tight end like Ertz or Kittle, uh, would I be wise to corner the market on running back platoons for run-heavy teams in rounds five through nine, like Carson and Penny, Montgomery and Cohen, or Coleman and McKinnon? Uh, what would you do if you took three wide receivers and a tight end with your first four picks in a ten-team league? I mean, you get away with it in a ten-team league. Yeah, it's still going to be hard. Like, I don't know if Jerick McKinnon's going to get drafted in a lot of 10-team leagues, but it's going to be hard to get Chris Carson, David Montgomery, and Tariq Cohen, maybe. Get all of them, yeah. So that that will be the difficult part. One guy I would definitely target in this approach um, would be Kenyon Drake. Yep. I, I think, though, if you just have an idea of, okay, I want the Seattle backfield. So you take Carson and then... I would go Penny right after if you want to lock it up. Well, I wouldn't get cute. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Penny in round six. But I think if you can get Carson and Montgomery, like that's not a bad or or Drake with yeah. one of those other two guys. That's not a bad way to start. Or, or sure, you know. And and the thing about it is, I I disagree with you, Heath, on McKinnon because I think once we get to the middle to the end of August and we have an idea who the second guy is going to be, that guy's going to get drafted. Whether it's McKinnon or Breed. Right. We just don't know if it's going to be McKinnon well, where did, or not. Where did McKinnon go yesterday? I'm not talking now. Okay. I'm talking once. We, McKinnon definitely got drafted because we went 16 rounds. No, he went yesterday, yeah. Uh, I, I just think that as that second guy emerges, because right now Tevin Coleman's going to have to be pulled from that job just because he's the healthiest. So you can you can get Tevin Coleman and then just, if you're doing your draft now, you know, you just take a shot on, on who the second guy may be. McKinnon went 106th overall yesterday <clears> in our PPR draft. That's round nine in a 12-team league. This is a 10-team league. So if you are going zero RB, spending two picks on one backfield, I don't know that, that, that that's the right thing to do because I don't know. Not, are, not, are, it are depends you, on the backfield. Are you limiting your I don't, I don't upside. agree with what Dave said about taking Carson and Penny right away. I think you try and get Carson and then somebody else and then Penny around. Well, who's because there in round six, I think. Is well, if he's, if he's saying he has the opportunity to get two of those three guys, or two of those four guys. If it's Carson, Montgomery, Drake, and Coleman, you take two of them. Because if he's, yeah, doing, if he's yeah, doing this, yeah, he's right. at the back half of the first round. The sixth round is pick 50 through 55. Right, so you Most can definitely take a wait. Of course, yeah. right. Yeah, if it's PPR, I'm not sure that... He didn't say, by the way, if it was PPR or not. But I'm not it's sure better Tariq, if it's PPR. I don't think Tariq Zero Cohen RB is, is better in PPR. making it. Uh, this is from Revon, from Heath's favorite brew city in Michigan. Uh, it's Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dear Heath Sai, Dave's Hooper clip, but really that's mine, Jamie's Waterboy and Adam's Bane. I'm doing some best ball leagues, and I feel like the friendship. Uh, Heath, Heath I, I, <laughs> I have a question for you. Is, uh, is, is Grand Rapids good for, for this beer, or do they have good 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 good, good H2O? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that leads me to believe the answer is yes. <laughs> I was wondering which impression would come first. No, I can't do Bane anymore, but. That's kind of what he said in, in Batman, in Dark Knight. Great movie. I'm doing some best ball leagues, and I feel like the friendship strategy is great here. I was I can't do it. What are some good receivers to get cheap and late with the friendship strategy, like Kiki and Fuller or Allison and MVS? What do you think? Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. Love, love, love the Allison MVS. The only problem with that is... 
you almost have to take one of them a little bit early because what I see a lot in the best ball drafts is as soon as one of them goes, the somebody remembers, yep. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to take the other I've, one. I've tried it in two <laughs> analyst drafts, and I've failed both times. How about the Bills guys? No. Later on. Which, which? John Brown and Robert Foster. Between the two of them, I think one's got a shot to catch a deep ball each week of the season. That's it's yeah, late though. Yeah. I'm not talking like round nine. Oh yeah. If you're looking at like the 18, 19, 20 range and you'll be gone by filled then, your though. other spots. I like the, or 16, 17 range. I like the, uh, Traquan Ted Ginn combo. Yeah. When do you think you can get Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel? Late. Oh, late. Well, Miller middle to late. Do you like Gabriel that? before round 10? Right. And Gabriel is going to be <clears throat> way late. Well, do we do, you guys like that team teammate strategy, friendship strategy? I, yeah, and best ball, sure. Right. All right, next email is from Cody. 10-team dynasty league. My first pick in the rookie draft is the third pick in the second round. I traded my first round pick, so this would be number 13 overall. I have Patrick Mahomes. I would like to eventually stack him with Miko Hardman, but I'm uncertain with the possible Tyreek Hill suspension. How many games does Tyreek Hill need to be suspended for me to not draft uh, Miko Hardman. If he's suspended only four games, I might look elsewhere. But if it's six or more, I might take a chance with Hardman. At 13? Yeah. I think he's worth it. Because if Tyreek Hill doesn't resign, then Hardman's dynasty value gets exponentially higher. I think he's looking at the question wrong. Uh, how many games Tyreek Hill suspended should not matter. If you think he's good enough to be... Um, a quality starter in the NFL and he's on the Chiefs for the next four years, then he's worth the 13th pick, regardless of how many games Tyreek suspended. Next email. No name here. Oh, Jerry. Sorry. It's Jerry from Salem, Oregon. What's up, Deacon, Boozer, and Schizo? Those are shepherds. <laughs> Quick question. 12-team non- <laughs> non-PPR with one first-round keeper. I'm planning on keeping McCaffrey for my first-round keeper. But I'm debating on picking up the best available player or to target one of the big three tight ends. Uh, last year, I streamed tight end, and I came in second in my league. We won't know the draft position until draft day, so that might impact my draft choice. So anyway, I guess, so he's keeping McCaffrey. I guess he's asking about who to take in with his first pick. Uh, best available, or do you go with a, with a tight end? Do you kind of reach for a tight end? If you streamed tight ends last year and you didn't think you benefited from it, then you should absolutely target one of those big three tight ends. I love having the advantage of having a tight end that plays like a top 15 receiver in my tight end slot every week. It's a huge advantage to your team. It's worth the price you have to pay. Those guys are really good and you won't have to bother streaming the position during the year. It's going to depend on what everyone else does and who everyone else keeps for me. Yeah. And also repick. I mean, I I think the, the thing you don't want to pigeonhole yourself is into is, um, you, you know, okay, I'm, I'm picking sixth and, and I'm taking Kelsey and then there's somebody who's better, you know, don't necessarily leave it like that. The, the three tight ends that, that are going to come off are going to be great, but I wouldn't overlook what Ingram's potential could be now with Beckham being gone. We talked about that a lot, obviously, uh, what OJ Howard could do if he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster. Um, what, uh, you know, Hunter Henry could be now that he's healthy. You know, th- those three guys have a big opportunity in front of them um, to, to produce at a high level. 
And last email, by the way, Deacon Boozer uh, and Schizo before, are from Days Gone. I've never heard of Days Gone. But before you go there, I just want to go back to the previous one about Michael Hardman. Um, I'm looking at the ADP right now on Fantasy Football Calculator for rookie-only drafts. Uh, it's surprising what's what's changed a little bit since we've done our draft. Michael Hardman is not going now until 17th. In a rookie-only? To be expected. Hmm. Yeah, he's fallen. Um, still Akeem Butler at 16. I think that's a little too soon. Uh, Arcega Whiteside has pushed himself to 13th. Paris Campbell's fallen to 12th behind Debo Samuel. Uh, Marquise Brown is still the third receiver off the board. It goes Metcalf. I'm sorry, it goes, he's the fourth receiver. It goes Nikhil Harry, Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and then Marquise Brown. Uh, and Daryl Henderson has pushed himself now all the way up to sixth overall. All right, one more email. Here we go. It's from Joey in Orlando. Good afternoon, A.J., Finn, Carl, and Luke. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wrestlers. It's WWE. I don't know what the new group is called. That's the Bullet Club. Come on, Heath. 12-team Keeper League. We have a wrestling podcast, by the way. It's called State of Combat. Enjoy it. Half PPR, <laughs> 12-team Keeper League. I need... <laughs> always be promoting. What a promo. I need one from the following to pair with my final season of being able to keep Alvin Kamara in the ninth round. Ooh, so pick one. And I can keep all of them at an additional two seasons. Mike Williams in the 12th. Julian Edelman in the 8th. Evan Ingram in the 10th. It's half PPR. Mike Williams in the 12th. Edelman in the 8th. Or Ingram in the 10th. Ingram. Yep. Yes. That was an easy one. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Dave. Jamie Heath. There's uh, one more you missed, though. Oh, uh, from who? Uh, the subject is uh, GGB. <laughs> I know what that means. What does it mean? God, you tell me. Uh, no. It's got to go by. Got to go by. J.B. Eisenberg. All right, so uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. We'll talk about our 12-team PPR mock draft, some of the trends, some of the important things that we noticed. For Dave, Jamie, and Heath, I'm Adam. Talk to you later. Oh, yeah.